Spags, you made me retweet a post today that included the words MILF twists. It was one of those moments where I said, how did I end up here? Well, you know what the good news, Pete, is there are some MILF twists to discuss in today's Splash Play, of course, where Zach Wilson's mom is outing people who are not apparently the ones hooking up with her son. We also got Madden ratings for review. Do they line up with fantasy with tight ends and wide receivers? We'll talk about that. And Leonard Fournette, apparently 260 pounds. Will he eat us out of house and home? We'll find out right after this intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spags, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? How's the how's the home prep treating you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. We're actually in really good shape. I have just some, like, uh, basically, like, we've turned into perfectionists where I'm like, I mean, Lauren and I, when looking for our houses, you know, we saw went to hundreds of open houses and you know you they'd be dirty or they'd be messy or disorganized or you'd open up a closet and like things are falling out and so like every time lauren's like giving me another thing to do i'm like lauren this this, this house looks immaculate I, I, can we just compare it to every other place we've looked at so yes I, I have a after this i'm going to clean the attic um i didn't even think i would need to clean the attic but that's where i'm at and i just realized i have my morning lights on here we go. The switch to the splash play lighting. Ooh, this is our ASMR. Ooh, look there at that splash it is. play lighting. Now we're ready to do a show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although we do need more wolf pup talk. I feel like that was one thing the best ball breakfast had this morning that I think, you know, I don't know why, Pete, the Google images for that one really seems to be captivating in a way that most Google image searches are not. Yeah, it felt like that was more territory for a Spags Friday stream, like six margaritas deep and then, you know, finding MILFs huddled with their wolf pups. But yeah, it happened on the breakfast stream this morning. We did not pull up anything scandalous on this past Friday stream, but this week, actually, it's going to be the only show Pete and I are doing is going to be today's show, Thursday, Pete's out of town, so Splash Plays channel will be home to whatever I do there. I think, Pete, you had pitched me doing a guest. I think what I'm going to do is give people a teaser of what to expect on Fridays, because they're so used to coming on Thursday afternoons that I can show them all they miss out on if they don't watch my solo streams on Fridays. Wait, are you doing a show Thursday? Yeah, of course. I'm going to do, a, I'm going to do one Thursday and Friday as well. Okay, you're do, doing solo streams. Okay, yeah, I said to Spags, maybe it'd be a good idea to book a guest for Thursday, and Spags has tasted the forbidden solo streamer fruit and now can't go back. I am addicted to streaming for the people out there, so that's why you should be subscribed to the Splash Play channel. We're trying to get to 1,000 subs on there, and then Pete will join me for an exclusive drunken stream on there amidst all the chaos going on in his life, so go subscribe to the Splash Play channel right now. Of course, follow at Splash Play Pod to find out whenever we're doing new episodes. If there is a guest, we'll certainly tweet about it on there as well. Make sure to go follow at Splash Play Pod, and of course, follow at Peter Overzet and Chris Spags. Uh, but Pete, let's talk about the Fournette thing first, because you broke this to me right before the show. I didn't see the headline, but the Bucks apparently upset Leonard Fournette showing up to the, the weigh-ins, I guess, before camp starts. Or I guess camp technically is starting. 260 pounds for big Lenny here, Uncle Lenny living up to the hype and apparently potentially eating his way out of the league. Yeah, Rick Stroud, a reporter for the Bucks, said mandatory minicamp was nearly six weeks ago. He admitted to weighing 240-something. I asked a coach if he was more like 250-something. His response was more. Um, so, you know, this tweet says that weight is likely – God, uh, we'll see. New contract, not only thing bulky about Leonard Fournette. So, you know, it's uh, it's tough sledding out here for Fat Lenny. You know, there's a reason they call him Fat Lenny. I think he's earning the nickname. Do you think that this gives any little bit of a boost to the Rashad White shares that you have already? Of course, we both are. I think they drafted him pretty heavily on best ball and underdog. And I feel good about that, Pete. But I think ultimately this is one of those things where Fournette's going to play himself in the shape, you have to imagine. Yeah, and I think the... The interesting thing is no matter what, right? Like Rashad White has massive contingency value. If if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, he's going to have a really big role. The thing that's really interesting is could he carve out a bit of a pass catching role right out of the gate? You know, um, the whole narrative has been Tom Brady and, and this team doesn't trust these rookies and stuff, but that's because they've been burned by guys like Rojo and stuff who make a lot of mistakes and rookies like Keyshawn Vaughn who weren't ready to play. So maybe Rashad White is ahead of the curve and this stuff with Fournette, you know, pushes the team into maybe giving him a shot earlier. And if he doesn't, you know, fumble the bag, so to speak, 
maybe uh, maybe he does retain a role right out of the gate. And now we're really getting interesting here because as much as you um, or as as much as Fournette was like good last year, it was always volume driven. Like he wasn't busting off big plays. It was just his availability of being on the field and not making boneheaded mistakes was his greatest asset. So I do think if Rashad White is ready for this moment, he's going to get a crack at it. And it does seem like Leonard Fournette, too, has built the rapport with Tom Brady, though. You see Tom Brady, you know, if he, big fat Lenny walks into camp not doing a TB12 diet, maybe that changes things a little bit. But I feel good about Rashad White. I think gives him a better chance to carve out a role, but ultimately probably doesn't move the ADPs very much, if at all. Pete, the other big news item was J.K. Dobbins tweeting before the show, I guess, on the NFL Network. There were some reports that he might not be ready for week one. J.K. Dobbins tweeted, I would post videos, but I want all you fake-ass doctors. He did blur out ass, so I'm the one cursing here. Fake-ass doctors people who've never spoken a word to me to see what me and Jesus been up to on the biggest stage. Uh, Pete, you have been J.K. Dobbins stand for a while now, and I guess it's time to see what he and Jesus have been up to personally grinding. Jesus is personal trainer. Feels like that's got to be positive for his ADP. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins really tweeting through it this morning, you know, comes out, uh, dunks on rap sheet, and then just keeps going. <laughs> you know, this is this is the quintessential uh, NFL player just typing through it. I do love that he evoked Jesus here. The work Jesus does with me and you and whoever is doubting me could never understand it. So I like how fired up he is about this. And, you know, I've been, even when I draft J.K. Dobbins, I've been working under the assumption that it might be a little bit slower of a start to the season. Like, this isn't old news about him not being being fully healthy and recovering. And it's kind of been this song and dance between both him and JK Dobbins of, or uh, Gus Edwards of if these guys are ready. So uh, if anything, I, I am looking forward to a little bit more of a dip on, on JK Dobbins here. And um, you know, what has been the thing we've been talking about all off season long, we're, we're playing for the end of these best ball tournaments. And, you know, if a, a little injury discount at the start of the season is going to give us more buying opportunities where JK Dobbins pushes into the, you know, seventh, eighth round, um, I'll, I'll happily gobble that up. It certainly seems like it's going to be positive news for uh, Mad Sox in the chat saying, hail free Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty could gain some steam. Uh, Mike Davis, the camp starter, uh, though certainly seems like that's a pretty finite position. Uh, but it does seem like, Pete, actually, you know the famous parable about the, the footprints in the sand, Pete, as it relates to Jesus? I, I do, but I want to hear your bastardized version of it. Well, do you know, you know why Jesus isn't helping out Lenny Fournette? <laughs> uh, no. Couldn't possibly carry him too fast. <laughs> well, okay. I was wondering where that was going. That's right. Uh, of course, one person that Jesus have no problem carrying, of course, Zach Wilson's mom, uh, Lisa Wilson, of course, the <laughs> the famous life, according to Lisa on Twitter, confirmed uh, one of her friends is not the one who hooked up with her son. Uh, Mathology, of course, our resident MILF reporter in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, uh, still his characters or his chances of survival are alive. But here's a video from Lisa Wilson and uh, showing so she's got good meme skills for herself. It is Friday. We've all worked very hard. And so we thought that we needed to come and get some goods. This is my cute friend, Susan. Hi. She has Bijou. I got sweaty at her dance class too. Yep, she came all and sweaty. shook it with me today. And sure I said, did. look at all these cute necklaces. I must come. Yes, yes, yes. You have all and these just so you know, Lisa. no. Okay. The people questioning, no, shut up. No, 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 no. <laughs> shut up. I have good friends. You guys are idiots. I, I could see them like looking into the eyes of mathology as they said that no 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 it's not in fact her though i have to say if you're talking about coming on cleavage Pete, i feel like she's just asking for it i feel like she's leading into the bit in a way where it's like she could see the engagement spiking sees her instagram getting more views lisa wilson's been on the record as trying to pick up some fame for herself and i think i think that's completely deliberate that she's shown off her hot mill friends and using it to try to hawk some necklaces I know, and I love, I love the Fred too. As she's about to showcase the deck, like, like, oh yeah, let me pull up my oh, top just a little bit, as it just pops right back down to where it was before. <laughs> she could be streaming best ball breakfast with that much chest exposed. <laughs> yeah, lots of bogs, lots of bogs all around. I will say, I you have to give them credit here because this is the the PR social media playbook in 2022. Is you lean into it and you have fun with it and you call it out because you take the energy and you diffuse the situation. Like if they're just going radio silence, but the combination of Zach Wilson's post and her mom having fun of it, like fun with it, like this won't ever become like a huge thing in in a negative way. Uh, so I think they're they're playing this smart from a, a social media perspective. There's a big New York magazine profile about like how all the social media brands for like the brand handles for all these accounts. Now their bid is like being horny on Twitter and being horny on Instagram. And I guess that's an extension of it. That's what gets engagement these days, as we know, as well as anybody on this show, Pete. 
Um, yeah, I'm just checking uh, the chat. I mean, they no Puritan Pete on the bonk hammer. You know what? I am going to bonk mathology for this <laughs> comment. I mean, this is uncalled for. <laughs> But Goodness. who's the week 17 opponent for Pussy Pete? Because that's <laughs> that's where the correlation's going to be. I'm not answering that question. Uh, Ac Felix. Acid Pussy play each other in week 17. God damn it, I'll balk myself. Of course, the Madden ratings are coming out. I think it's part of ESPN's big reveal. They're rolling out the Madden ratings, Pete. And uh, do you want to run the screen for this one, or do you want me? You, you can run the screen for it. Okay, which one? Wide receivers first? Yeah, start with the top 10 wide receivers, of course. It was an interesting little debate, I feel like, on fantasy, whether these guys, whether the Madden ratings can affect people's ADPs. You can see on the screen here, no reveal. Devontae Adams at number one with a 99 rating. Cooper Cup, despite setting all records, setting the actual contract record for wide receivers, he comes at a 98 rating, Pete. And you're not a big video game guy, Pete, so I'll ask you, do then these guys jump out as being uh, egregious from what you think of fantasy-wise? Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with these ratings, it's funny that it says Madden 23 ratings because these, I mean, outside of Cooper Cup, who obviously took a really big jump last year, these feel more like 2021 know, ratings, you know, with Adams, Tyreek Hill, Hopkins, Diggs, you know, being at the top. I mean, there's obviously some glaring holes here, like not including Jamar Chase in this mix seems absolutely egregious. And I do think I talked about it in the newsletter because Justin Jefferson just did an interview with Complex Magazine where he basically admitted, hey, Devontae Adams, I still respect him as the best player wide receiver in the league, but I think I'm going to flip him in a year. And then I think it's funny to benchmark, you know, lists like this with how drafters are actually playing it in fantasy. And it's like, I think the market is very sharp and seeing Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Um, I think the the market has kind of spoken on those guys in, in pegging the ascending talent. So to not have Jamar Chase um, in this top five, much less not in the top 10, makes me um, think Madden is just a sham enterprise. Are you with me on the Justin Jefferson stuff, by the way, where I talked about, you know, some of the articles of him saying that he wants to be the greatest wide receiver ever. Now that article comes out of him talking about like, yeah, you know, like I'm close, but I'm not there yet. And he's saying for him, he's like, he'd be surprised if he doesn't get 1600 yards this year, if not more. And you add in the fact that his head coach now was Cooper Cup's former offensive coordinator. I think Justin Jefferson has the best case here that he should be a 99 or will be a 99 at some point after this season and also should be, you know, potentially the, at least the number two wide receiver drafted, which he is right now, but potentially could be the number one guy off the board by the time this season ends. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, the stuff here that's kind of egregious too, is like, I think Tyree kill is by far having, you know, the biggest quarterback downgrade. And I think mm -hmm. Tyree kill is, is a talented player, but how much of that was unlocked by Patrick Mahomes and what they could do. I mean, this year is going to be a really good test for that, but I, I get, I mean, I'm not a Madden bro. Like, are, are these supposed to take in like offensive environment and quarterback stuff? Or is this just supposed to be in a vacuum, pure wide receiver talent? I think it's supposed to be in a vacuum, their pure talent, their ability to run routes, their awareness, Bullock pointing out that awareness is a big part of that um, in terms of their offensive rating as well. Um, if you bump up a guy, it's a 99 rating. Like if you were to edit a player, like they're going to be much better in terms of their overall. So I think it's their overall approach to everything football related. But uh, if you want to go to the tight ends, Pete, I think that's one that has an interesting guy in the top. Number two on the list, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, the number one draft tight end. George Kittle, as we talk about, falls a lot in fantasy drafts, but is like a really great blocker. So I feel like for me, Pete, that's why you could have him at the number two hole but i think you'll also be pleased to see at number five tj hawkinson one of your faves uh, apparently gonna get that madden player steam coming up this summer yeah this list actually looks uh a little more logical to me and probably pretty close to how i would actually rank it obviously i'd shift pits up um a little higher but i do think Kasiki is a good example of a guy who in a vacuum i think is one of the more talented tight ends in the league but just because of the offensive environment. Um, he's just never been fully unlocked there. So that check checks out to me. Um, yeah. What are there any glaring things that are weird to you on this one? This, this looks pretty, pretty solid to me. It feels like Madden kind of favors the olds with Pitts being in the number six spot where there's yeah. not one to grade him on the potential, like we would fantasy wise. And I feel like the other thing that jumped out is Zach Ertz too, being at number nine, he's probably been a top 10 man receiver now for what, 10 years? When did he have his Eagles breakout? Like, he's got to be holding down that crown for being someone that's been doing this as long as anybody, you would think. So that'd be the two things that jump out. Is Pitts being underrated because of the age, and then and Ertz hanging on, despite being rapidly aging. 
Right. And I would say like once you get down to the ninth and the the ninth and tenth here with Ertz and Hunter Henry, the one thing that a lot of these guys at the top can give you is like yards after catch ability. Where like Zach Ertz at this point in his career is just a catch and fall down guy. Like he's not breaking any tackles, he's not extending plays whatsoever. So I do think um there's some guys I would I would much rather have than Zach Ertz just from that perspective. Lunchables connoisseur asking where's Fournette at? I presume at a cracker barrel somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think Mondays are at his Applebee's day, actually, and then oh, Tuesday. Okay, yeah. He's even good in the neighborhood. But no, running back mm-hmm. rankings have not come out yet. But we'll we'll check back on this later in the week, maybe with quarterbacks and running backs, or I guess next week when Pete's back. Uh, but yeah, that is something that ESPN is doing now, making this an entire event for the week, Pete. That That's how hard up they are for content right now, is that Madden ratings get a big reveal special on ESPN. You know what? We're we're all scraping the bottom of the barrel. If on ESPN, they could just fire up uh, underdog drafts. Uh, I'm sure they would be ripping those all day, too. Honestly, they would love to, I'm sure. If only they could hire some influencers in this space and bring them over there with all this budget room they've freed up of late. Uh, Pete, it's time to jump in. And we didn't discuss before the show, we were going to hash it out on here. Uh, Pete's trying to make up some best ball mania entries. And I think you've now seen me be a competent enough drafter that I'm not going to ruin your remaining portfolio. That said, we have been drafting all these teams on my account on the show, Pete. So should we throw it to a vote for the chat? Whose account they want it to be on? How do you want to play this? How about this? I don't, I have no clue how many drafts you're at. How about whoever has completed less best ball mania three drafts? We do it on their account. Oh, it's going to be you. It's going to be you. What are you at? I am over a hundred and I think you said, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's do me then. I I'm at 79. So this will be my 80th draft. I think that's how far you've gotten Pete, where you were going to do your barbell strategy. Now life is coming the way and you've fallen so far that you're willing to let me draft with you on its <laughs> your account. Well, that part true, but I was, I, I was always very realistic about not being a barbell, bro. Um, I had, I did take a break, um, for the puppies. Like I was doing all my usual drafting times that I like to draft like at night and stuff. Um, I was just doing the puppy while those were open. I ended up getting like 25 entries in there, at least live drafts. So, um, yeah, now I'm back to kind of plugging away, trying to do at least one a night and then we'll see what, we'll see what happens when push comes to shove in mid to late August. Yeah, I'm too focused on getting DraftKings maxed out in addition to Best Ball Mania, so that's where I'm at. But uh, Pete will pull up his account here. Of course, you can play alongside of us on Underdog by using the promo code SPLASH. We will enter Best Ball Mania here. The big tournament, $25 is the entry fee, $2 million to first place, $10 million in total prizes, and of course, a $1 million to second place as well, Pete. So the one place that you wouldn't mind fishing on second uh, this year will be Underdog's Best Ball Mania, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that's such a, it's like, I mean, winning a million dollars playing best ball just sounds incredible. And yet just to feel the sting and the tilt of not being able to say you were the champion in the two million, like I'm, I'm a sick pup. Uh, it's like how much, how much, how much money spags would you sacrifice? Um, if you could claim that you were the champion or basically like how much would you shave off of that $2 million prize pool to be the best ball mania three champion? Like how much is that worth to you? The branding itself. I mean, I guess it depends what you're trying to do Where if you're trying to like, I don't know if you're trying to sell like your, your own version of stochastic and you're trying to do that or whatever and spin that off. Like you probably want to be the champion for that. So it might be worth even being like taking 500 K of the 2 million for me personally. I feel like, it's like 1.75 mil. Like I still want, like I care about the money more than I do about, you know, the bragging rights. I think I'm about with you. I think that's about the right number. Like shave off like 200, 250 K. And then once you get beyond that, no, just give me the money. Because it's such a big difference. Like it's almost literally double. Like, I mean, that's, you know, and theoretically, if you invest at smart Pete, we buy some smart NFTs for ourselves and we could be uh, down to half of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We did draw the influencer 105 talk uh, or the, uh, the spot, which of course is the sweet spot here. We're going to take the number one wide receiver in the league. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't make the top 10 in Madden, but I think Jamar (laughs) Chase looks pretty good for this format. Yeah, sorry, Jamar Chase. Uh, Madden does not think highly of you, but here on Splash Play, we will happily click your name every time of the week and twice on Mondays at 105. It does seem like you clicked through so fast that this is like a half our audience room and a half general kind of people room because Taylor and McCaffrey in a room for us normally, I feel like that's not normally how the one-two goes. No, this is a classic. We have the fucking Red Badge Brigade. They were out this morning. They're out again. We got Sam over here. I mean, this is just a, it's a brutal room. Sniper is Harbs. I know uh, far, uh, Neil Farley here. I mean, this is this is just like the classic. No one has anything better to do on a Monday afternoon draft, so let's hop in with us. I get Every one of these assholes is watching right now. 
streaming piss in the middle of the round. I just feel like Epic Daddy and, and Lopi might be having some problems in the one two hole because I don't think they were ready for, I guess, this middle chunk of receivers and tight ends going. <laughs> um, did Sam claim his $25? Yes, Sam received his gift card that he won uh, via Underdog Cardio Club this morning. Casey Settleman wants to know hey, where do you think Jake? K Dobbins ADP goes with his tweets after today. Well, I mean, it was kind of a roller coaster, right? Where there was the FUD from Rappaport that probably threatened to push it down about 10 spots. And then him coming back out and debunking it. I'll say he slides just like a few spots, a little bit, but nothing too big after he came out and said that he had God on his side. It is going to be one of those things now, Pete, because we've been talking, obviously, doing shows the entire offseason. Now there's going to be real news that does materially kind of affect the ADPs for guys as we're going through and, and doing the shows week to week. And I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out as somebody that's like really investing heavily in doing this and has been doing it from the moment that all these tournaments opened up that uh, these ADPs could move sometimes for you know positive signal or good signal. And sometimes they can move for really no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot too of just like we do have this period where the ADPs have been in a holding pattern and that's all going to start to get really shuffled up with training camp and then obviously preseason too. So this feels like kind of like closing the book on this specific window that we've been drafting where it's like the players we're selecting now in their ADP ranges have held true for a good chunk of time minus some small variations. Like there's one report Rashad Penny flips Kenneth Walker or whatever. But um, so yeah, I'm, I'm starting to almost think about this next chunk of teams I draft is like almost being, obviously it's in the same tournament, but I, I will be kind of like approaching it a little differently. And I will start to think about my exposures relative to where most of the field has gotten these players, because this isn't like, you know, this is a third, almost a third of the way full when we'll enter this new thing, which means there are going to be lots of teams who have players at specific price points. And when we see massive movements, I think it's going to be something we have to take into account. There's certainly the brick draft caddy going to be a help for this point. But I mean, do we want to get the Bengals stack or do we want to take an anchor running back here? I think would be my two thoughts. I, I love DeAndre Swift. You can see he is kind of a, a clip ahead in my in my exposures here. I, I think I want to take Swift with uh, with Chase here. Okay. I'm coming around to the anchor running back. So I won't push back on this one though. I would say, you know, I would still try to not take too many running backs in the early rounds. I, I feel like that's where I I'm getting comfortable, Pete. I'm willing to put a tip in of taking one running back here early on, but I'm not taking one usually until the ninth round or eighth round for the most part. Yeah. And I, I will say, I mean, I, I do think I like Swift. I like Barkley a lot. Um, and we're, you know, we're getting Swift here, five picks past ADP. Um, to where my guess is that swift chase pairings are fairly unique would be my guess. I, I guess earlier in the, at the start of the season, swift was going a little later. So maybe there's some more of those, but at least in the past month or so swift and chase has been a pretty difficult combo to get. Uh, you were kind of talking about it a little bit, but is there any sort of advice you would give to somebody that I guess is doing this full draft season? Like, and I'll say for myself personally, but like anything to kind of try to be mindful of, I guess, is you, if you have 75 teams or even 50 teams in basketball mania already, like, is there anything you're trying to do, I guess, to be mindful of just how the ADPs are going to change or, or like, are you doing anything to adapt your strategy accordingly? Um, it's more like, uh, once those movements happen, then I think you have to be to be smart about it. I mean, I am in general still drafting a lot of players who I think will change in value. Like thinking about this as a draft window, I mean, that's why I've been I'm drafting so much, you know, Fuller and Julio, because I feel like this is a unique period in time where once they're on a team that that's going to massively shift. So right now I'm still in the mode of like, who are the people who are going to change a ton? I think a lot of this noise with the rookies, you know, we, we talked about Traylon Burks, I believe a decent amount on our last draft. Like these guys that I feel pretty strongly about moving up, I am kind of of hammering them now. And then once their ADP settle, um, then I think I'll probably just be average with the field on selecting those guys. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And we're coming up here in a pick and uh, we'll have Pittman on the board and, and not much else at receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go Pittman here. This is a wide receiver heavy room. I'm light on him um, unless there's anything else you're you're seeing. No, I mean, I think that's, yeah, within this screen, I feel like Pittman's the one that makes the most sense. I wouldn't want to go another running back yet. Pitts, you could have talked me into taking, but he's not there anymore. And it's funny, I have, you can see my exposures on these players that go early third is um, pretty low. And that's because the three guys, I have three guys that I'm just like hammering in the early third, and that's T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, and Kyle Pitts. Um, and so it's like, and then you see Javante, I'm like slightly above average, but it's just like, I haven't been getting a lot of these guys just because, I felt Higgins, Pitt, uh, Higgins, Pitts, and, and Brown are mispriced in that range. 
Yeah, no, I got it. And I, like, I think Pittman's intriguing to me overall, too. I'm glad we got him because it feels like there is kind of a tear break after him. I guess unless you really want to buy on a Marquise Brown, but you pointed out some of the reasons why Marquise Brown could be a bit overvalued because of DeAndre Hopkins being back when you really need these guys to put the points up the most. Are you Where are you on Sutton? Because I feel like he's a guy we haven't talked about a lot, and I feel like people on Twitter shit on Sutton every time I post a screenshot with him. Yeah, I just I I struggle with the Broncos because I just wonder how much meat is on the bone. Like, do I think Court one of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy could return third round value? Absolutely. But it's there are scenarios where they're both just serviceable and they're like fourth and fifth round values. And I just find the outcomes where like one of them is an early second round pick next year, just to be a little thinner of an outcome. It just doesn't seem like you're getting a ton of meat on that bone as far as where they could jump in value next year. So I think that's been my issue with them. They've been kind of like my consolation prize. You know, if you miss out on like the Pittman Brown, Mike Williams, DJ Moore tier, um, I still think I prefer Waddle to them, but like I'll take Sutton over Terry McLaurin and who else are we looking at in the wide receivers here? Yeah. Like once you get into this Deontay Johnson, like I'm okay with those guys, but yeah, I, I don't know. Where are you at with them? Because they're just, they're just not super attractive to me. I don't know why. I've got 16% Sutton just because I am a believer in Russ throwing the deep ball a little bit more compared to 6% for Judy. And, and Judy could certainly be like a different player. This is going to be a new offense for the Broncos. They are bringing over a Hackett from the um, from the Packers who's going to be you know bringing a lot of that Packers offense with them, you got to assume. Um, but I think Judy to me just appeals to me a bit less. And I guess you can make the case that Tim Patrick could do a lot of what Cortland Sutton does. But I feel like in terms of the profile, like Sutton's shown the ability to have these monster days and have the upside. I feel like if we're going for you know the week 17, trying to get these guys who can do do that Sutton against Kansas City to me feels like a guy that could have you know a 40 fantasy point day but I think it comes down to the theory of just like is Russ going to be able to sling the ball downfield a lot because if he is doing that from what we've seen with these guys like Sutton's a deep ball guy like there's more, more volatility there and he's gotten there with shittier QBs so I think with Russ like throwing the deep ball I feel like he's got more to gain than Judy does Shiv saying, why is everyone so certain that Sutton will be better than Judy? I I'm personally not certain of it. My only thesis of why the market has reacted like this was because of that early Judy potential, you know, off the field issue that then the market like never really corrected on it fully. That's really my only thesis. Um, what are you seeing here? 13 seconds to draft a bit of a wide receiver avalanche. I, I don't mind grabbing Robinson here. What do you yeah, think? I think Robinson for me would be the choice. Yeah, he's another guy I'm a little light on, so we can let these wide receiver heavy rooms uh, push us there. What's our next pick, by the way? Pick 53. Oh, got, okay. uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think Hill's going to come back to us, but it would be nice if he did. This other comment from Josh, why no Josh Allen? So a couple reasons. He's by far the most expensive quarterback coming off the board. I think there's a big opportunity cost on, you know, taking Josh Allen ahead of some of these, you know, wide receivers like, you know, Jalen Waddle and Marquise Brown, sometimes Pittman on top of that. Um, I actually have lots of reasons. A, a lot of the teams who do get Josh Allen are always stacking him with Stefan Diggs, And so I think that's a pretty common pair, which has kind of pushed his ADP up. And then on top of it, we're starting to see Mahomes and Herbert slide more in drafts where I'm able to get those guys sometimes in the early fifth round, um, even unstacked, but then being able to backdoor stack them. So I, I like Allen. I do think he deserves to be the number one quarterback off the board, but I just don't think it's the best way to maximize points in your roster. And so I only, I just want to make sure that the times I am selecting him, um, I'm getting a pretty good price on it. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. And I think Josh Allen you know, doesn't fit the builds that I normally like either where you're getting in a, a QB in the mid-range, a little bit more so the sixth round of the 13th round. If you are taking Allen, you're losing a lot of chance of getting capital. And I feel like for this build, Pete, too, like I guess the logic and why you know Josh might have been asking that question would be that you know, you have one of the Bengals receivers and you have Josh Allen coming back. But at that point, then you're gonna be stocking stacking Josh Allen probably with, you know, like Jamison Crowder and then McKenzie in the 18th or something. And that's not even the most appealing week 17 correlation. Right. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. You can see I'm up to 11% Mahomes, and that's because this kind of keeps happening here. And you just have th three really good backdoor stack options plus CEH. Um, I'm normally taking Mahomes here unless you have anyone else that you want to make a case for. Um, no, I mean, you could take Mahomes, I suppose. Like, I feel like Cooks or Mooney wouldn't be the worst, but without tight end, like, I feel like just take a QB and get something you want. Yeah. And I, I also think, too, like, you know, a lot of the people who do take Mahomes are because they're the, you know, the Kelsey owner 
um, here. So I, I think it's a little bit unfair if you let the Kelsey owner get Patrick Mahomes coming back in the in the late fifth. Um, so I do like grabbing him there. And then, like I said, I mean, you got Sky Moore, MBS, Hardman, both of the running backs. Um, so there's just lots of ways you can build this out, even without Kelsey. And, and I mean, Juju's not coming back to us, but you know, there's various combos that you could do with that at the four or five turn as well. I still think MVS is more appealing to me than Juju relative to the ADPs. Like I think by a wide margin. Um, by a wide margin, that's the part I'm, I'm struggling with. By, by a decent margin, by a pretty, by a pretty good margin. Yeah, I do think though. Like, I mean, I'm sure you would admit no one's begrudging or, or discounting MVS's ability to put up some spike weeks. But if a non-Travis Kelsey wide receiver has a chance to put up a 20 plus percent target share in this offense, it's going to be either Juju or Sky Moore. I just don't think. MBS's profile is going to allow him to access a massive target share. All right. I feel like out of all the athletic offseason reports that I've liked the most, the one about MBS, and I, I've talked about it on enough streams, but like the, him talking about himself, Mahomes talking him up, um, a lot of positive, you know, mini camp reviews for him so far. We'll see if that holds up with training camp. I buy it a little bit more, but I get it. You know, Juju certainly has the historical draft capital and and the TikTok followers that quite frankly MBS can't compete with. <laughs> um I mentioned this on every stream, the, uh, the percentage stuff and the exposures it's bricks, uh, brick 75's draft caddy, part of his sports HUD app. I linked to it, um, in the show notes. I don't know if I have them in the show notes here. I have them in the show notes on my best ball breakfast videos. And we did a tutorial on Lowell's two episodes ago. So you can just check out my video from this morning and find that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, I think uh, I need to get on. I'm actually watching an episode of Lulz to figure out how to get this on my screen too um, because I, it is honestly a really useful tool, especially I think as you are getting to the point where Pete is or where I am, where you have 75 teams in, 100 teams in. Like You definitely want to have a read on these exposures and know um, to try to draft against type a little bit you know, down the home stretch. One other fun thing that did happen to me in a recent draft where I selected Mahomes and then I can't remember if I had Chase or Higgins. I had one of them, but because I had... Mahomes, I used it as an opportunity to pass on Burrow like around ADP here. And then he fell to me like another 15 picks. And then I went, you know, a double elite QB. So it's kind of a fun thing where it's like, yeah, we could have gotten Burrow here at ADP, but it also gives us a chance. Um, I wanted Elijah Moore or Devonta Smith. That sucks. Uh, I'm fine with Hopkins or Drake London here. Yeah, I would take London for the upside. I feel like though you have a lot more London than Hopkins. So I get if you want to go the opposite way. Um, No, I don't. Um, hmm. Arizona, London. One second. Hmm. Yeah. Let's do London. Wow. You got that in by the skin of your teeth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah. Bullock's done the same thing. I've done that too. And got Burrow at 91. Yeah. Burrow, Burrow's an interesting one. I feel like his, you know, deviation on his ADP is pretty wide. Um, where you'll see sometimes like the chase Higgins owner, just like reach for him by 10 picks. And sometimes as, uh, as Bullock said, slide all the way down to, uh, to 90. It's crazy that Kadarius Tony is now going the same round as Amari Cooper. Yeah. Like, I don't have anything to add to that. Really. It's just like Tony was going easy 100 120 earlier in the draft season and this is the thing for me that's really messing with me a little bit more where last year the entries i put in the best ball mania were all like august and you know july you know th this year we're doing it from may basically or april i suppose and it's like tony has come up so much and i don't really know why besides people just realizing like oh yeah he was really good last year and they could be better i know yeah it's one of those things where i you start to get like a little nervous about it's kind of how I'm feeling a little bit about Ramondre Stevenson uh, where it's these players we like and no one disagrees with the upside, but they start to get steamed up to a place where it's like, how much risk are you actually taking on versus how much upside you have with some of those players that have a lot of uncertainty in a room like this. I completely understand going out of your way to get, um, get Tony. But I do think, um, He's a very popular player right now. Yeah, and I also think Trey Lance is going to fit that criteria that you're mentioning there too. He's getting drafted at 72 when he was going in the 90s or 100. Uh, pretty pretty tough rise there for Trey Lance. Um, man, this is kind of a gross spot. We don't have. Part of me wouldn't even mind just reaching a little at 
tight end. What are you seeing anything else? I think getting Hawkinson, I wouldn't be opposed to here either just to get a semi elite tight end. I mean, according to Madden, one of the top five. So that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I hate having no elite tight end and Hawkinson at least gets us there. And I would worry that he wouldn't come back to us. And then we have that we're talking Goddard and it just keeps getting worse and worse from there. Yeah. Yep. Let's see here, man. Yeah. Renfro, Kirk, Ayuk, Michael Thomas off the board here. The room chilled out a little bit with, uh, with wide receivers. And now we definitely have a lot of good, uh, running back and quarterback values here. It does feel like Renfro, Kirk, Ayuk, like if you're in a wide receiver heavy room, those guys will go around now. But if you are going to normal room, like sometimes you'll get those guys 20 rounds after ADP. And I don't know if there's anything to that in terms of a drafting strategy, but it feels like you should be strategic about the rooms you get some of those guys in. Yeah. Let's see. Man, have you, do you, what are you doing with like the Green Bay? Guys, do you ever take Lazard or Watson? I seem to just always miss on those guys. And it's not like I have anything like totally against them. It just never seems to work out for me. I've got 3% Lazard right now, 2.8% Watson. I feel like when they fall is when I'm getting them. And sometimes Lazard will fall to 90. I think actually I did a DraftKings draft this morning. And um, if you want to see a draft, people won't draft DraftKings. He's too brand loyal for that. But if you want to see a, a DraftKings best ball draft and how it looks, A, it's terrible. Pete, auto draft hit me like three times in there. I had no clue what was going on. It switched, switched itself on a few times. But I did draft Lazard this morning on there and got him like, 25 picks after ADP because that's kind of what it is. And like that to me makes the most sense. Either take, you know, the dubs, take Amari Rogers in the 18th, or just take one of those guys when they slide if you're in a room that you want to take them. Yeah. I wouldn't be yep. price for either guy at this point. Like it feels like it's a bad idea. I know. I agree. Yeah. Let's see. Uh Jason says Lazard on Cook teams. Yeah, yeah. Dalvin Cook getting your little uh Little week seventeen correlation there. Oh boy, you might might be a Sky Moore day, huh? Because MVS just got scooped. Uh, Bullock says Lazard was going one ninety plus in the first week or two of PBM. If he smashes, there will be some wild teams in the playoffs. Yeah, that was what was um what what occurred that jumped him up so much. I'm I'm forgetting what even was the news cycle of why he was pushed so far down. It was Rogers saying he's the wide receiver one. I think at some point in the offseason. Okay goodness and that was yeah it. i mean and our rogers says some crazy shit <laughs> and i will say like away. the lazard thing feels a little marquez callaway esque you know last year was like Mar uh, marquez callaway's tearing up saints training camp they have no other weapons because you know michael thomas is hurt and then he just screams up boards um he's probably has a higher floor than callaway just because of you know his his skill set as a wide receiver but um yeah, I don't know. It's a little worrying there. All right, we do have to take Sky Moore at this price yeah. just because um, I don't want to leave without one of these wide receivers. Yeah, that seems completely fair. And I guess we can. I mean, McKinnon will be there late, probably. Justin Ross, the Justin Justin Ross doesn't get drafted anymore, and he was going to the fifteenth round sometimes, which I feel like is one of the things that it lends you to believe you should be drafting the entire year long, basically. Justin Ross was that like classic flavor of the week that we all got excited about for about 10 days um which happens uh, people like uh, eric saying zero percent ceh so i suppose you are ceh is such a value sometimes i've started to get a little bit of them but <laughs> you want to play your clip uh no that's that's ship chasing all i i kind of like boycotted the the sky more adp until he got down to a more palatable price range um i've gotten him after pick 100 sometimes and i'll mentally roll the clip then but this room made us draft him at pick 92. Did you see Pete? I, I mean, I, I say this, I, I fully know the answer. Did you see Friday's stream, Pete, where I had figured out, I figured out how to get gifts on the screen, which I know we talked about. Um, so if you want me to get any pre-existing gifts from like Giphy, I can now add gifts that we can add to this show as well. There you go. Uh, I didn't know that you, you were, you're really growing as a producer. Mm -hmm. I also added a video clip too, to, uh, right, right from I think you should leave to signify that it is in fact the adults only stream that uh, differentiate itself from this stream. But uh, but you know I have a gif of you from uh, I guess it was a Club Top Shot episode where you flashed your nips. It's one of the gifts that comes up for you. So that's when things are getting sexy. I run that gif. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what was it? Clay um, put has uh, has his dialed in on a on I think it's what's the gift site I forget which one he used tenor maybe is yeah, the tenor, one yeah. it's a, he has those tagged um 
Concealer says Devontae Adams trade changed Lazard's ADP. No, that was in March and Best Ball Mania 3 opened uh, in May. That didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, maybe it was people realizing at that point, but I think it was it, it was definitely the Rodgers quote because I feel like that was one where he said it and then everybody on Twitter was like, oh, like, I don't know why you're taking Romeo Dubs because he said Alan Lazard's a wide receiver one as if that won't change the second that Aaron Rodgers develops a crush on somebody like he did for Jake Kumaro or Jake <laughs> Junis or any of those guys. All right, we're going to boost our CEH numbers here. We're going up from zero. It's a 0.1%. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, CEH pass pick 100. I have 3% CEH, and I think a lot of that's on the puppy too, based on the entry <laughs> number. Yeah. I, I did actually, now that someone says it, I did up I, I did upload the um the value hound gif. So I don't I don't know if that one's uh available on Twitter yet. Let me actually see if that finally stuck. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. There you go. It is it is now official on Twitter. If you search uh value hound, the second one here is the uh is me howling at the moon. There you go. I was surprised you didn't have more gifts on Giphy because that was where I was searching first. You, neither you nor I has any gifts on Giphy for some reason. I feel like that's well. I don't, I don't know. That's tenor, Tenor, I believe, is the one that hooks in with Twitter and Discord. I thought Giphy did. I don't think so. I feel like there's room for many GIF apps. I love Giphy. I, I'm a Giphy fan. I don't know this Tenor of yours, but I, I, uh, I have nothing against Giphy. All I know is the ones I put on Tenor are the ones that show up on on Twitter quickly. I'm glad that you're on the same page of saying GIF still instead of like it's supposed to be GIF. I refuse to say I just hate it. I hate that people changed that and that became a thing. Yeah, I, I've I've never indulged that that line of thinking. Good, good. That's one one respectable thing you've done. <laughs> um, let's take a look here. So let's uh, see where we're at right now. We did manage to uh, to get our two Chiefs players with Mahomes. We have Mahomes, Ceh. And Sky Moore. We have DeAndre Swift as our anchor running back. We have Chase Pittman, Allen Robinson, Drake London, and Hawkinson at tight end. I feel like we're in good shape here. And That's we're a hilarious amount of running back value. <laughs> I know we're gonna we're gonna get a nice running back we like coming up here. Hmm. I I saw some interesting reports about Ramondre about him. Like uh, James White, I guess, has been hobbling around the Patriots camp. I guess this might have been worth talking about in the intro. And then there are some people on Twitter speculating that Bill Belichick, you know, the known uh, player supporter Bill Belichick, that he might be giving James White a ceremonial contract to get him paid one more year. I think it just could be that James White didn't rehab the way that they were hoping. And like, I think it's good for Ramondre, but I feel like people thinking that James White's there is some sort of like, oh, it's uh, him giving a gold watch. Like Belichick has done that for nobody. Yeah, I I mean, you know, the, the thing Gretch keeps putting in our ear over at Ship Chasing is this Ty Montgomery contract they gave mm -hmm. where, you know, that one clearly kind of um, backfilling behind Brandon Bolden, a guy that they had, you know, doing special teams and then kind of being a pass-catching guy in a pinch. And so I can already see this thing where it's like James White's not ready, Ramondre's ADP goes to the moon, and then it's like week one and it's Ty Montgomery out there on, on passing downs. Like I, I could already see it. Would you ever take Ty Montgomery? Because I think you have a good amount of Ramondre too, right? Or your your ADP there we go. 12% Ramondre. I, I have a hard time taking Ty Montgomery in like a half point PPR because then you're trying to hit like a couple. Um he's he's never gonna have like any bit of a red zone role and stuff like that. I don't know. A speak of the devil, uh, Ramondre here for us. Um, I think I would take Ramondre or Melvin Gordon. Who do you like? Oh, if you're going to take Melvin Gordon, let's take Melvin Gordon. Let's do it. 4% Melvin Gordon. Get our Denver, uh, Denver guy. Wow, what a moment. I was having a, I found out the gender of my son and Pete was like, nope, no Melvin Gordon. But today, apparently Melvin Gordon back in your good graces. We, I mean, we just, everyone needs to appreciate kind of the trajectory. Like last year we were doing these streams and I was having to argue with you on not taking these dusty old guys, Mike Davis and Melvin Gordon. You ended up uh, being on the right side of history with Melvin Gordon. And, and now I'm the one having to twist your arms to taking these guys. Melvin Gordon, I think, 
like I think he's intriguing. I, I have not a lot of them this year, but I agree. Like last year, I think you put me in the right place for this year, Pete, by browbeating me so much and really shamed me. And also Mike Davis uh, being completely wrong, I think was really when I was like, I got to go back to the lab on this a little bit more. Well, it's funny now too, because Mike Davis is a name being bandied about on Twitter mm-hmm. with this Dobbins and, and Edwards stuff. I still would rather make a bet on Tyler Beatty, the, uh, the rookie who can catch some passes there. Um, but yeah, a lot of people starting to get excited about Mike Davis. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that's the move. I I would go Tyler Beatty every time, Pete, every single time. <laughs> yeah, short game. We're pointing out something I've noticed too. Cordero Patterson been falling a lot. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure exactly why um, that's been happening. Yeah, let's see here. We could we could set up something with Chicago with fields, if we wanted to take him, um, I don't see like a wide receiver. We have to take in this range. This feels like a bit of a choose your own adventure. Uh, what, what do you like? I don't mind taking fields. It also feels like we can get a golf stack if we wanted to. Oh, you're right. You're right. Then would you want to do Madison or Rashad white? Let's do Rashad white. We saw, we learned about fat Leonard Fournette today. Let's make a bet against them. Let's see. Yeah. If, if the thesis is Rashad White's ADP is going to creep up, I guess my 20% still feels a little thin. Clearly the running backs I've been hammering in this range, Ronald Jones and, uh, and Rashad White. I, you, I am in similar company with Ronald Jones. I'm actually curious how much I have, because it feels like I take him a lot. I have less than you. I have 17%, but a good amount of entry fees. Yeah. Mad Sox saying Atlanta leaned on CPAT a lot last year, adding London and Pitts and Algiers should lighten his load. Yeah, I mean, I think the real interesting thing with CPAT is where he falls on that running back wide receiver spectrum. You know, they probably want to take some of the running back touches off his plate, but if they're, you know, still using him in creative ways in the passing game with like a lot of short screeners and stuff like that, um, I think he could still be a, a pretty interesting pick in that range. I also like him in certain zero RB builds. Like if you end up with more handcuffy, um, contingent upside type plays. Like I feel pretty confident Patterson's going to be able to give you just kind of like a baseline set of points in the same way you think about some of the pass catching backs like Hines and Gainwell. Um, Patterson, obviously more expensive than those guys, but, um, that's how I've been thinking about him. It feels like he's now being priced where he should be given that he's not going to have like, I think he had like 50% of the yardage overall for the Falcons last year. Like that's not going to happen with the guys that they brought in and, you know, getting hopefully a better QB in as well, or at least a different QB. Um, so I think Patterson, like he feels appropriately where he should be drafted, but I don't mind taking him. I just like, he's going to run bad on touchdowns. See, like he's going to run bad in his yardage share. He's going to run bad on touchdowns. So you're taking him really in like those zero RB builds. And if you're taking him anything besides that, I feel like it's probably a mistake. The other thing about Patterson, again, thinking about these drafting windows, it's like, is there anything that could really cause his ADP to jump up significantly? Like, I can't really think of much. Like, even if Algier got hurt or something, like, I still have a hard time thinking, like, drafters would be like, no, okay, Patterson's now going to get this massive workload. So that's the only reason I've only been really grabbing him after ADP, and I, I still have been selecting him. It's just I can't think of a lot that that vaults him in the same way, like, and Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, you know, if, if something happens to Eckler or Fournette, they're going to jump like seven or eight rounds. Patterson, it would be like, oh, he's had a, got an even bigger role this year. Arthur Smith is building upon it. And he's used as like, he's basically, you know, 1A or 1C to Drake London and Kyle Pitts is like 1A and 1B. I don't think that's likely, but I think that would be the one thing that would come out is like, oh, they're using him everywhere on the field. He's playing every snap. And he's also like a vessel for when those guys are getting double covered, that it's going to go to Patterson. Yeah. I mean, Gobbler says if Algier got hurt, he'd definitely jump. I think he would, but I honestly think his ADP would jump a little bit. But I I do think Damian Williams would just um, end up getting a decent amount of of work as as the lead back in that scenario. Um, my my point is, I'm saying like obviously his ADP would rise. Like we see the little shocks of news like move everyone up and down a little bit. But I mean like big time ADP jumps. I just don't see it within the range of of Patterson's outcomes. No, and I say that I made that case fully. Like I am fully team Tyler Algier. He remains my most exposed player overall across all the underdog best ball drafts. But I think I take Patterson because like, oh, I have so much Algier. I got to take Patterson just to like hedge against this a little bit. And honestly, I took Damian Williams the other day just because I was like, okay, now let me get a little bit of this part too, just in case I'm completely wrong about the other two facets. Um, this is kind of a gross spot. Um, 
I think we can take the foot off the running back gas, even though there's some nice picks here. I, I think I'd lobby for a Cooey Boonham and just really stack up this Chiefs Broncos game and and be done at tight end. Are you seeing anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we don't need another Rams receiver. I would take a Cooey Boonham over over Van Jefferson. I we need to get some more receivers though, because this is a like a lot of top end talent, but boy, that is a weak wide receiver room overall because of these guys getting steamed off the board. Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely well the one thing too now is we can really um we'll probably get to at least nine receivers what would that be two four eight i think we could even get to 10 um and i guess it's it's a fifth rb versus a 10th wide receiver uh we're probably still a five rb build but yeah we're gonna we're gonna be loading up on on some wide receiver flyers here yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna need somebody to to meaningfully take a jump up. Bullock in the chat saying Algier was chosen as a breakout for Atlanta from the athletic ATL beat. I look, I've been saying that and I, you know, I'm not on the athletic beat, Pete, but I think uh, the Algier beat is one that I'm going to hold. If he ends up being good, that's going to be one of the great successes. Like he needs to be good or Drew Locke needs to be good. And if one of those things happen, I get something to victory lab. <laughs> just, just keep making more bets and then you'll be a true <laughs> analyst because then you got to give yourself a better chance. I mean, right now, those ones you just outlined, you got like a 4% chance of being right. You just need to keep stacking bets bags until it's in inevitable that you have something to hang your hat on. Um, I would not have minded DJ Chark falling to us, but now that is not an option. Yeah, this is, um, we might just have to, uh, be in reach territory for a wide receiver, like, a uh, uh, Corey Davis or, um, or we could just be done with running back if we want to grab Hendo. Yeah, that works. I think we got to we, we got to be done though, and it's going to be tough because all the the entire screen is going to be green coming up. Yeah, not if I make it not green. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. This team, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind anchor RB builds, but it does feel like when you end up in the wrong room, I feel like anchor RB builds end up punishing you a lot more. Whereas, like a zero RB build, I feel like I don't ever feel punished by a zero RB build. Yeah, I don't even. I mean, we weren't. It wasn't the anchor RB that punished us. It was probably one of this these Melvin Gordon or Rashad White picks, right? Because that's where the kind of opportunity cost was of this next kind of tier of wide receivers. And then, and then we really got wiped out. Um, we probably should have reached in here for, a, for another wide receiver. It also feels like maybe if we didn't take Mahomes, then we could have ended up with like a lower rung QB, but still got a little more wide receiver talent there. I mean, I don't know who would have been on the board. Who would be the one V one versus Mahomes? Um, well, the reason, yeah, it was, it was like, you were looking at, um, Metcalf, see. Kittle, you could have gotten, yeah, Kittle was, and then, yeah. Yeah. Or who did we pass? No, we would have had to have done. Um, we would have had to take Kittle where we took Robinson. Oh, it's okay. It's going back the other way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess there wasn't a lot of talent there. It did, this room, I think, was just not the best for, for any build, probably. No, we're, we're going to be fine, though. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you're confident. It's, I mean, it's on your account, Pete. So we, we haven't chewed up in a while. Cause I think I forgot to send you money. And now I don't know where we are <laughs> in terms of who owes who, what I thought I, I knew it's I owed been, you it's been a few. It's been like a month since we've chewed up. We're probably, we're, we're probably close to even. I mean, I, I I'm happy to say that I'm still sharing. I still mark them all. Like I'm sharing with you either way. It doesn't matter. I have, no, I, I have them labeled in my team, but yeah, I've, I've lost track of our, of our accounting. I always make sure to label ours. I don't label everything. Round 10 wide re wide receivers and on are rough picks. Yeah. I mean, and that's what the thing it's like every year you'll hear, Oh, wide receivers deep, but it's, it's not that deep. I, I obviously have the guys I like in that range. I draft a lot of Rondell Moore. I like Jamison Williams. Like there's guys that you can, you can like, but there is, there is a tear gap that, that happens after, you know, that ninth round. Um, probably want to, I'm, I'm down for Nico here. Seems like a, or Alec Pierce and we can, get our QB two, maybe if I guess we have, we'd have to have Ryan fall, but you could also get a uh, Davis mills for your QB two, if we wanted. Okay. I suppose I like Alec Pierce more than Nico. Cause like we kind of saw what Nico does. Alec Pierce as a mystery box at least. When I, I mean, I know this room is super wide. Alec Pierce goes right after that. Yeah. I, I was just going to break ties and whoever was higher ADP with the chance that the other one might come back. Obviously that was a pipe dream. My other thing with Alec Pierce that I just, I like Paris Campbell a lot and so 
I generally only uh, take Pierce at a pretty good discount, just knowing I can get Paris Campbell later too. Okay. I Pierce is a guy that I feel like could have the camp reports and come up 25 spots in ADP. Yeah. And I think the one thing that's nice is we do have, we have a lot of wide receivers here that still have some nice upside. Um, we can Julio take some big 14th. cuts. What's that? Julio in the 14th for, for our pal Neil. Yeah. Mac Jones goes, he's another guy when you get shut out at quarterback, that's pretty easy to backdoor stack. Um, did someone already take, yeah, Kendrick Bourne, man. He, he keeps going earlier and early 188 ADP 167, I guess in this room. He should not go ahead of Pickens. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what, Joey? I got 114 <laughs> slow puppies going. Oh my God. That sounds like a nightmare. You were 101 Dalmatian spinoff. Nobody wanted, Pete. <laughs> Jesus. God, I can't imagine that many slow drafts. I, I would be miserable. Yeah. I, I ended up, I think I ended up doing like, 10 puppy slows in addition to my fast. I, I think I want to just take uh we can do P Paris Campbell here. Okay. That's fine. And then we can kind of let the room decide. Like if the room wants to let like Matt Ryan continue to fall, we could complete uh that double stack. Or we still we have, have yeah. we have golf. We have um we could do something with the uh Falcons quarterbacks. So we got we got some options. Okay. That's fair. This is a this is a unique team. I feel like we definitely got on a different track. I think than a lot of a lot of the builds that we normally have on this show and in general. I think. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the one thing. If you don't like your team, you just say, "Hey, it's pretty unique, though, right? Right? You know, there's always something." <laughs> well, I think the Rotoviz guys were the, like that was what I was talking about a little bit, where I I got a little more comfortable with you know Anchor RB, not just because of what they were saying and you know the fact that they were saying it, but I thought the, the arguments that they made were pretty compelling and like high success rates for the Anchor RB builds, along with being unique. Because people just don't want to like not take another running back. If you're taking a running back in those first three rounds, you're mentally the kind of person that's going to take another running back in those first five rounds at least. Um, but I think anytime you take that first running back early and don't take another one and basically goes your RB from there, it feels like your team is different, but you're not sacrificing a lot of upside. Right. Um, I might have just said the obvious there, but I feel like it, it did occur to me in a way where I was like, oh, like this is like zero RB, but you have one good running back. <laughs> exactly. You know, you just just talk it out. I'm getting it. I'm getting bit by bit. By the time we're done with <laughs> drafting season, I'll be drafting some good teams. So we got we got three more picks. One is going to be a quarterback, and two are going to be wide receivers. I think we're pretty we're pretty dialed into that. Yeah, I would agree. And and this is the thing that happens in these rooms too, right? Where it's like you end up. It, it almost just all cancels out where it's like you're drafting your receivers like eight or nine picks ahead of ADP and you're getting your running backs eight to nine picks below ADP where it's like the room just all collectively handshake emoji decides to draft these players at their efficient places. And it just, we, they, they kind of just flip in, in ADP. Yeah. I, not a lot of Ryan Tannehill for you, huh? No. I guess no. you don't you don't get desperate at QB that often. I guess you no. Know, if you have five percent Jared Goff, four percent Mills, uh, I don't know what to make of that. Like it feels like you're not doing it super frequently, but it's you're still taking a shitty QB like a number, you know, a low rung QB enough. Yeah, I just I just spread them around. I'm not married to it too much. I do think we lock up Goff here for that double. Yeah, that's fair. And now we can kind of think about. You know, if there's any other correlation stuff we want to do, we could look for a Chicago bring back. Um, with that, we could, we're good on the KC Denver stuff. I think, uh, mate, there's no more real charger stuff with our two Rams bets. We could do something with the giants. I would say giants or, um, giants or bears would kind of be I ideal. I think taking a share of Nikhil Harry makes sense to do at some point, especially I, I have a similar amount of Pringle to you too. I think we're just at, you at 11%. I think taking one share of Harry here and there feels like something to do just because he is a, you know, high draft capital guy on the bears who could maybe, you know, be a little more useful than Velas Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know if Harry's one of those guys that I, I think is like a target 18th round pick. Um, I think I would still prefer the black box of Velas Jones in that case. Uh, okay. Kyle's saying thoughts on only taking one tight end. I've only done it a couple of times. We did it once on ship chasing. Um, I think if you do it, it should probably be with Kelsey or Andrews as your, your one tight end. And um, I don't think it's bad. I just so we got um, about 145 people watching on Peach Channel. Make sure you hit the like button, guys. Subscribe to Peach Channel. And if you want to get on Thursday, uh, there is no splash play on Peach Channel. It's going to be on the splash play channel because Pete doesn't want anything to do with my solo streams. So please go subscribe to the splash play channel right now and check that out. And of course, just be on there because we do solo streams every Friday. Maybe some more stuff. Maybe we'll do some short form videos. Who knows what the future holds, Pete, on that magical channel, right? Who knows? <laughs> so what? what is your plan for Thursday? Just... Is it, are you going to recreate the Friday? Or are you going to be getting tipsy? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, we'll see how tipsy it is. I'm back at work now. So we'll, we'll, you know, might have to play a little bit closer to the vest, but we'll find out. We'll find out live on the channel, Pete. That's why you got to subscribe. Who knows the mysteries? Maybe I will get a guest. It all depends on how my whims are going. There you go. Mm -hmm. What, one other thing that I have no problem doing here as well. Um, and we'll see if, uh, if it happens, but like, Oh, Harbs has an interesting build going on here. A 2392 with Jones, Brees Hall, Ramondre. Harbs has to get one more ready back. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say is I don't mind like stacking up, like getting Mechie here um along with Nico. Um, obviously we're not stacking up the uh the quarterback, but um we actually that on we that also could be in play if we wanted. I'm trying to think. I don't know if we'd be okay with eight wide receivers, but I like getting Mechie here. And then I would say we could either correlate Mechie with Visca if we wanted a ninth wide receiver, or we could go for the three and hopefully a unique stack with the Davis Mills double. I mean, it depends how much you want to follow what, what Osmo told you face to face on your Lulz episode. I would I could take a third QB. I would personally just take another receiver because I do think we I don't love our receiver room. Like I think our top four is good. And after that, I think we fell off of a real cliff. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't mind doing Visca. Um, but yeah, it is an inch. It is an interesting one. I do agree with you. If I think if we were a little stronger at wide receiver, I would uh, consider going with the three QB build here just because we do, we would have double stacks for all of those, which is not the easiest thing in the world to get three, uh, double stacks with, uh, with your quarterbacks. Yeah. I, it feels like the three QBs are a luxury. We don't have talent wise, but that's, you know, but if we do have two, we have two Houston receivers. I'm like, that is a pretty decent bet on Houston. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bet I'd want to take though. I guess Houston could do for some good karma. Cause they settled there, a Deshaun Watson lawsuit, unlike some Deshaun Watson's. See, Greg, it is. It is. I mean, how much stuff changes? Pete suggesting Melvin Gordon and Spag's okay with Visca. I mean, our 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 2021 selves would be rioting right now. It's true. My 2021 self would be very confused by what I'm doing. <laughs> would be like, <laughs> what are you, these guys aren't over 30. You can't trust them. So no projection to oh, be had for any of these rookies. I haven't seen this a lot. Dab K rolls with the the tight end punt strat. Last three picks: Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, Taysom Hill. And a and a, oh no, he did go two QBs with uh with Hertz and Watson. Oh, Big Marley snipes us on Visca. No one takes Visca except when I bring up his name. <laughs> Honestly, not a bad punt tight end group. Like I don't think the Taysom Hill one is doing a lot there, but Hooper and and Hurst, I feel like he got it as decent values. Yeah, it's Hurst. This this is where I'm really pressed with like, do I really like? Okay, Jalen Guyton correlates with our. Rams, but I think Jalen Guyton sucks. Uh, no offense, Jalen. Um, do I really want to add like a Velas Jones or whatever? This is where <sighs> I'm so torn. I might just I might just go with the three QB build here. Man, even Nikhil Harry and Demarcus Robinson getting drafted. This is a a deep draft. I feel like I'm the only person who ever drafts Demarcus Robinson. So it's, it's nice to see somebody else do it for once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do Chase, Pittman, A-Rob, London, Sky, Paris Campbell, Nico, Mechie. I think I can rock with this eight eight build here. Okay. Then yeah, then take your then take your QB, I suppose. 
Don't act so disgusted. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I feel like whenever you have two pass catchers, I do think it's worth taking the QB, you know, barring there being kind of an uncertain QB situation. Houston has nobody to push this one forward besides Mills. Yeah. So we're going to do it. The, uh, the interesting three QB build here, we do get our uh, three Chiefs, three Lions, three Texans. Um, got our bringbacks here with, with Denver. Some nice, some of our favorite zero RB picks in White and Henderson. And uh, although, did you see a report? I saw a report, I forget if it was Athletic or who, that um, kind of some bullishness for Kyron Williams um, and them hoping, hoping that he might be able to be ready for, for a role. Interesting. I mean, that, that fits the theory of what I think you've beaten the drum of that now I'm trying to beat the drum of as well as like taking any of these young players and hope that they could land in a role. Like they did draft him for a reason. You got to assume. Yeah. So this team is done. Definitely uh, an interesting team for us here. Spags. I'll, I'll recap or I basically did just recap, but uh, any, any other uh, thoughts you have on this one? No, I mean, I think we definitely got a different build. I feel like our wide receiver talent's not great across the board, but we did compensate for that by taking some high-end guys and you know and trying to do the best we could to stem some of the flow. And I feel like Drake London, like we reached for him at ADP, he could be our, our bailout here where I feel like we could have a big four at receiver if Drake London just is as good as his draft capital suggests. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for us is we definitely need at least one of these rookies to get yeah. off to a fast start to like we can't wait around half the season for these guys to to come around but if you were to tab a couple of the rookie wide receivers who could get off to fast starts i think drake london and sky Moore um definitely fit that bill just with the opportunity that's going to be available yep so there we go so there's the draft and pete uh, you got the randomizer coming up tomorrow right because of your your travel schedule Yep, I'm uh I'm traveling uh Wednesday afternoon, so I won't be around for uh ship chasing, but we'll have a Tuesday edition of Randomizer Club Top Shot tomorrow night, and then we'll have Swolecast and Lowell's Wednesday afternoon, and then a little bit of a break for me until next Monday. And I'll be back on Thursday and Friday doing streams on the Splash Play channel, maybe with a guest, maybe not. But either way, go subscribe over there to check out all the content that we're trying to put on that channel to make it as worthy of your time as we hope it could be. Follow at Peter Rivers at follow at Chris Spags and follow at Splash Play Pod. Also, go check out footballoutsiders.com right now. 20% early bird deal. It's going to be the best deal for Football Outsiders data, as well as the Almanac, the book they have there, which you can just print out as a PDF. You can take it ever you want to on the go with yourself. If you're going to travel this summer, I think it's worth a read and a lot of interesting Thing, uh, things, a lot of data points coming with media people out there talking about it. So go check it out at footballoutsiders.com. And uh, we'll see you guys again soon. Enjoy your weeks. Bye. <laughs>